What's up, everybody? This is another episode of the Toy Photographers Podcast. We have an action-packed episode for you today, guys. We have the one, the only, Mr. Justin Pierce on the other line. How's it going, man? How are you doing today? Great. How are you, Dakota? Man, I'm doing good. I Like I said before we hit record, I'm so excited that you're sitting down with me and having a conversation. Man, I, I'm a big fan of your account. I'm a big fan of everything you do, Thanks. so this is going to be... A joy for me to be able to get to kind of know you a little bit more and be able to have conversation about toy photography, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm super excited to uh, to do this with you. Awesome, awesome. So, I'm curious, how long have you been doing toy photography for? Uh, it's been about two and a half years since I started. I posted. I think the first one was in July of 2017. Okay. That was the, uh, that was the first post that I, that I ever put up on. Um, on instagram so two years about two years ago you said yeah about two two and a half years okay so did you start out two and a half years or did you start before and then start posting two and a half years ago like what was Uh, with with, uh with toy photography i started two and a half years ago i had done um astrophotography for a long time i did that for years and then uh you know landscapes things like that um so i've always been into photography but toy photography i saw um I think it was a post actually by a uh, hot Kenobi and that was just like, I want to do that. Like, how did you see it? Like, did you just kind of like, we're scrolling on the, the, were you just scrolling on that? You saw that? How did you see it? Uh, when I actually, I, I didn't see that. I didn't even have uh, an Instagram at the time. I saw a picture of his on, uh, in a Google image. I was looking through, I forget what figure it was for, maybe an Iron Man hot toy. It was so- something that I was looking into buying, and I happened to see one of his pictures, and I was like, there's no way that that's a, you know, a toy photograph, a, a toy <laughs> photograph. And I was like, um, man, I, I just thought it was incredible and uh, wanted to start doing that. So I started posing up some figures and, you know, was terrible at it at first and, uh, you know, just went from there. Nice. Did you collect figures before you started doing the toy photography or did that all kind of start at once? I did. I I did collect figures before. Uh, Nothing to the extent that I I do now. Yeah, I didn't have very much uh, back then. Um, And then once I started doing uh, toy photography, that's when when that kind of blew up. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely can sympathize with that. Like, didn't really realize how much of a, a cost a giant thing that would be in my life too. Like it's, it's, it's very consuming. Um, so, so you said hot Kenobi was one of your biggest inspirations. Who else did you kind of like at the beginning when you started two and a half years ago, look up to and want to give a shout out to as inspiration for your account and maybe, maybe want to give them a little bit of a a shout out and just say, Hey, you inspired me. Um, Once I got started in it um, and started like seeing how many, like toy photographers there were on Instagram or are on Instagram. Um, Before I had it, I had no idea that there were that many people doing it. And I saw, you know, Sergeant Bananas and Shake'em 78 and uh, Plastic Action and Nose Rain and Mitchell Wu and uh, all those guys. And I was like, man, this is, this is incredible. And um, yeah, it really started, started there. Um, And yeah, those guys, I mean, I've messaged those guys before, um, would have had questions about, you know, certain things that they've done in shots and certain things that I wanted to do. And they've all been like super helpful to me, super positive experience with literally everybody I've, I've come in contact with, whether it's, uh, I met up with Shake'em 78 a few times and we shot and then everybody else has been through, um, DMS, but the experience has been awesome. 
That's awesome, dude. So where do you live? Like, what part of the country do you live? Uh, I live in Massachusetts. Okay. Probably so about, you're East uh, Coast? Yeah, East Coast, probably 20, about 20, 25 miles from Boston. Gotcha. Nice. So is, I guess, Shakem is, does he live on the East Coast too then? Like, how did you yeah. meet up? He lives uh, in New Hampshire, and um, we met through here. Um, he was one of the first people that actually followed me, one of the first people that I actually talked to and got, uh, you know, a lot of advice from. And he, he was always willing to help me out. And uh, we just decided one day that, you know, we live pretty close to each other. It's only like a 40-minute drive. So, you know, we started hanging out and shooting photos together. And he's been awesome. That is so cool, dude. So since you have that background, uh, you said you did astrophotography, you did landscape. Yep. Uh, you have that background in photography. Do you feel like that gave you an advantage approaching toy photography? Like, how do you feel like your photos have changed since you first began? Uh, somewhat maybe a little bit of um, an advantage um, because with astrophotography you're shooting in low light all the time so I kind of had that the low light part down uh, which helped out um, but toy photography posing the toys lighting the toys um, you know setting them up building or having people build dioramas or buying props and things like that it's, it's totally different so it was and still is super hard and I mess things up all the time doing it and uh, you know I see stuff in my work all the time I'll post a photo that I like. And then two days later, you know, you're going back, going through comments and replying to people and you keep seeing the same photo over and over. I grow to, you know, see things in it. I either don't like, or I don't like the photo. I was actually listening to you and, uh, you and Tom, and, uh, you were talking about archiving posts and, um, I didn't even know that that existed, that you could archive a post. I actually just would go in and I'd delete them like once oh. I didn't like, so I've deleted so many photos and, uh, there's a lot on there that I'd, I'd like to delete now, but, you know, after listening to you and him and, and his um, perspective on it, I think I'm just going to, you know, from now forward, leave them on there and just kind of document, you know, where I started and where I end up. That is awesome, dude. I'm actually doing the same thing. Once I started talking to Tom and realizing he did that, too, to kind of use it as an inspiration for, OK, this is where I'm from. This is the journey. This is the progress I've made. And now I'm doing the same thing. I, I archived like over 300 posts, dude. So I went back and I unarchived them and now they're back on my page. So I like jumped from like 400 to 700 posts. And yeah, a lot of them I'm not happy with. A lot of them that are cringeworthy, but right. it's part of the journey. It's part of the yeah, process. Yeah. I love that, dude. I love that you're doing that. That's that's awesome because it's a journey. And if yeah. you're if you if you're ashamed of where you came from, then maybe, you know, it's hard to appreciate where you're going to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can start out. And uh, I mean, if you started doing it today, your 100 percent today is going to be very different than your 100 percent, you know, a month from now or a year from now. You're, you're going to change. You're going to learn things. You're going to evolve. And it's, it's cool to show that and, um, you know, let people that are, you know, just starting out know that, you know, if you keep going and if you keep, you know, trying to learn new things and just get better, you know, you, you'll you end up getting better. Yeah, that is so true, dude. I, I love your account, man. I, I love Thank one you. of the things that I love about yours is kind of the mantra that I use for this podcast, which is we are storytellers. Whenever I see your post, there's always a story element. There's always something that's happening that I feel like there's something more happening outside of the shot. Like there's a story being told and this is just a freeze frame of the story that's happening and so Thanks, man. i've been trying I, to 
work on that a lot uh, uh, lately, trying to do that more. Because before I didn't, I would just kind of pose up a figure and there'd be there'd be no real story there. It'd just be, you know, a pose and with almost no lighting. When I first started, I just used like a window or something like that. Nice, dude. Yeah, I I appreciate it, man. And that's something I strive to do now, too. I don't, I don't always achieve it. Sometimes I just the, the time frame that I have, I will and not take as much time as I want to take just because of my time crunch. And I'll just post right. like, a, you know, a portrait or I'll post something like that. So I'm always appreciative of people that take like yourself the extra time to go the distance and put a shot out. That's like, there's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of emotion, a lot of storytelling. So that's something I want to give you a, a big kudos for. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've been trying to do that a lot more. Um, lately and uh, come up with kind of, you know, some concepts and whatever to, uh, to you know, kind of convey a story a little bit more. Because I think that's important in the uh, in toy photography because you kind of you bring in these figures to life in a way and, you know, trying to get them to look real. And yeah, it helps when you can tell a story. Definitely makes it a little bit more. It does. I think. So how do you approach toy photography, man? Is this like a hobby for you? Is this like a is this like a creative outlet? Like what is your end goal with toy photography? Oh, it's definitely a creative outlet. Um, I, I, I enjoy, you know, just kind of playing with the figures and posing them. And, um, you know, sometimes I just do that. Like if I'm watching TV, it's late at night, and I'll just grab a figure off the shelf and I'll start, uh, I'll start messing with it a little bit. And sometimes you get ideas from that or ideas for other figures that might move in the same way as the, you know, the one you're playing with. And um, I guess I, I don't, it's, it's more of a creative outlet for, for me. I, uh, I kind of pushed myself to, to get on, some sort of social media like two and a half years ago I didn't really have any um, I had a Facebook a long time ago and deleted it and I just wanted to do something that was a little bit uncomfortable for me which is putting something you know creative out there for people to see and you, I mean you never know how people are going to respond and you know if they're going to like your stuff and it's always nice when they do but very uncomfortable for me at first so I, I'm glad I did it I, uh, I, I definitely created an Instagram to have that um, creative outlet where I could just I'll put something out there for people to see and hopefully enjoy. Well, I definitely enjoy it. I'm glad that you did it, man, because Thanks, it, man. It, it it inspires me a lot. I love your Lord of the Rings stuff that you do. I'm right now looking at your shots, and uh, the one I've got pulled up is the Frodo and Sam at like Mountain Doom. And uh, there's that's, like, <laughs> I love that shot, wanted, dude. That, that's one of the ones I want to delete. <laughs> what? No, yeah, dude, not, don't do it. I'm not even joking. Yeah, I think the, just the lighting on that one's a little bit too harsh little bit saturated stop stop it right now no. I'm, a, I'm i'm a terrible critic of uh of, of my own stuff it's it's i, I still kind of feel uh when people say that they like it i'm like oh how do you like my stuff i don't like my stuff that much <laughs> well i do man i really do i the thing about like toy photography and i think us because i'm hypercritical of my things my shots yeah. too and i think everybody is being an artist can be critical Definitely. And there's people who are more critical than others. And I feel I lean towards the more critical. So yep. I feel like we have that connection and we, we definitely look at it the same way. But what I was going to say is that toy photography, it's all about the emotion that comes from seeing those shots like that. When I saw that Frodo and Sam shot, that brought me back like like to that moment that I was in the theater seeing Return of the King. And I was like, oh, man, it was like, yeah, like, OK, like you maybe... I don't know, dude. Maybe your lighting could just be a little bit better. I don't know. I'm not even saying it could be because it's a perfect shot to me because it brings that emotion. And so like with toy photography, if the emotion is there and you and you get that 
that callback to that moment. It's like, oh man, that to me, like I just wanted to frame it whenever I saw it. I was like, that is perfect. Dude, that's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Cause that's exactly what I, what I try to achieve with them. I try, you know, I try and make people feel something or, you know, maybe, you know, if it's a figure that they've liked or, or, or a, you know, a character where they, you know, they, they like the story and they find that character compelling. I like to try and at least, you know, make them feel something with it. And, and I, that's what I hope to do with every shot. So I'm, I'm actually pumped that you said that. That's, that's awesome. Oh Thanks. man. I'm, I'm such a big Lord of the Rings fan. It, it's something that I don't even have on my radar right now, but whenever I see a shot, like one of my favorite shots was from uh, Bobasaurus uh, and he did one with just like this, the Anduril. Did you see that shot where he did like the, the sword of Anduril? And it's just I like, I don't remember. Oh man, was it, was I, will, I will send it. I will send it to you. And just the sword, just the way his lighting, like I just love Lord of the Rings. Whenever I see a shot, I get so hyped. So right. I, I got to get some Lord of the Ring figures someday and be able to start shooting. Yeah, I do follow him and I'm a huge fan of his work. So I probably did. I just can't remember if it was something recent or something, uh, something in the past it was i want to say it was like like two or three months ago yeah i probably saw it and just didn't don't don't remember uh don't remember seeing it whenever i whenever i like really love someone's stuff i I try to put it on notifications otherwise i'll miss their shots and i hate i hate when instagram like the algorithm will not allow you to see stuff and sometimes i miss it but right yeah absolutely yeah that happens a lot are you more interested in like the shooting or like the posting? Because I know a lot of people have different opinions. Some people like to do both. Some people like one or the other. Are you interested in like the shooting process or are you interested in, in like the posting process? I like the, the shooting process the most. Um, Cause like I said before, I'm super critical of my stuff. So once it's out there, it's like once it's posted, that's where I, I end up starting to really look at it and really critique it. And, and, you know, it does offer a learning experience for future shots, but yeah, I definitely like creating them and uh, setting up the shots way more nice how long does it take for you to get a shot that's like in your head till you it's like till you shoot it and then you're ready to post it like how long is that time frame uh, it depends on the shot i think um usually like if i'm post if i'm setting up like a diorama in you know on my desk or uh something like that that takes a bit longer um and you might set it up first and then go to your camera and things might need to be moved a little bit closer or the angle's not right so that that can take me sometimes you know an hour or two to just set up and then when i shoot i i shoot i take a ton of uh of photos like usually in the hundreds of like wow. even, the, even the same thing just over and over to try and get that you know if, if you're using like an atmosphere aerosol or uh some sort of effect in the um in the shot like i try and take a bunch just so i have if one jumps out at me while i'm shooting i'll really look at that one and I'll, that that might be the one I, but i like the option to have have a bunch in there um to choose from and maybe a couple to make a you know a composite of if i you know if there's three that i have that i like different pieces of each one i might stack those in photoshop and then blend them together to kind of make you know just one photo with all the elements i liked in those three but i kind of highlighted but then the editing sometimes that that can take a while um i've been trying to use photoshop more now um because i'm i was pretty bad with photoshop i'm still pretty bad with photoshop but i i try and uh, focus more on my weaknesses just so then they can become strengths later on Nice. Uh, I, kinda, I try and double down on those, but uh, so I've been doing a little bit more Photoshop, like lighting up eyes and uh, you know lightsabers when I when I do Star Wars, which I don't really do that much anymore. I should break those figures out. 
so yeah, the editing can take a while. Uh, sometimes it's quick. Um, I've had photos probably take me from start to finish, you know, an hour, and then ones that were, you know, eight hours, ten hours. Wow, wow! I didn't know that's dedication, man. So you do you do it consecutively, or do you like break it up and be like, okay, I'm gonna like spend an hour editing, and I'll come back to it. Uh, what I try and do is I will. Um, I try to shoot Saturdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays because uh, Wednesdays are like my rest days from working out. I do go for a run that night, but like it's pretty short and I'm home earlier. So I can, um, you know, I, I have more time to shoot. So I shoot on those three days usually and I'll write down ideas that I might have for those days. And then I'll try and shoot, you know, maybe one or two shots on a Wednesday, maybe two or three if I, if I have, you know, a, good amount of ideas some sometimes they don't work out and you just kind of scrap one or come back to it later on um, and then I try and do at least one or two on Sundays and then after I'm done shooting those those days I'll go straight to editing and then mm. maybe you know maybe I'll only get one done that night it's a little easier like shooting the three days I can edit on the other days you know when I come home and I'm done working out I can, I can work on a photo or whatever after I'm done eating dinner do you feel like having that structure, like being able to shoot those days that you set aside, having that structure helps or does that hurt you? I think it helps because I used to try and shoot a photo every day and then edit it and kind of post it that day. That's how I started off. And I felt like that was more rushed um, with setting aside specific time to shoot. If I have the ideas there, uh, I think setting aside the time to shoot, you could spend a little bit more time on your setup uh, and your lighting. And then you can spend a little bit more time on your editing and developing the photo and trying to make it look as good as you can. Um, but I've just now started to do that over the past probably six months. So uh, my, I'm trying to make my photos a lot less rushed so that you can, you know, it'll reflect in the photo, I hope. Oh, it does, man. It does. That's something that I want to work on is is dedicating days like you're doing. And I've been thinking about it. So that's something I need to do. And I kind of just on a whim, well, like, oh, I guess I'm going to shoot. And if I, I know Scott Blind does this. He has dedicated times that he shoots. And now knowing that you do it too, I'm definitely going to start doing this because I think as an artist, it's not a limitation really, but if you look at it as, okay, I have a window of time where I can shoot. I have a window of time and I can edit. And I, I'm going to put all my creative energy into that time instead of just waiting for the moment to hit. It almost kind of forces you to be creative and then you produce better art then right. you might have might have done just kind of waiting for that inspiration to hit you. Exactly. And then on the other days where I'm not shooting, um, I try. That's when I try and come up with ideas for shots. And like I'll even if I'm not shooting that night, like after I'm done, I get home from work. Like I might set the shot up and see how it looks, see what I need to tweak, see if the figure actually moves in the way that I want it to. If the articulation's there, um, and and that way you kind of have you you kind of know what you're getting into on the days where you're going to put the time into it that he dedicated for the sh for shooting. So yeah, I, I think that helps a lot because it's definitely a lot less rushed than I was doing it before. That is awesome. Do you shoot uh, indoor and outdoor? Like, do you have a preference? Uh, when I first started, I shot completely outdoors. I didn't have any lighting or anything like that. And now I shoot pretty much indoors only. Like, I mean, wow. I, will, I will shoot outside if I have an idea that, you know, requires me to, to shoot outside. But a lot of times, like, I'll bring sand inside, you know, I'll get rocks from outside or sand from inside outside and um, different things from outside. And I'll actually bring them in just because you have a little bit more control. Like if it's windy out, you know, you know how that goes. If you're outside, mm -hmm. you, got, you know, a figure on a, on a wire or something and it's windy, it's good luck. And then, um, 
you could tr- control the lighting. Um, yeah, you can control the whole environment inside, really. Yeah. So I, I, I do a lot of shooting inside now. Once I got over that, like, fear of lighting, and I definitely think I still need a lot of work with, with lighting, but once you just kind of dive into it, it, uh, it, it becomes a lot easier, and it, and it gets a lot less scary. That is so cool, dude. I definitely love shooting indoors now because I did the same thing. I started shooting outdoors. I used to live on a tiny house on a property where there was like, you know, 10 acres. It was, I was just outdoors shooting stuff and, and I didn't use any dioramas. I didn't use any indoor props or anything like that. And now that I pretty much exclusively shoot inside too. So I, I can, I can agree with you on that statement, that sentiment that you have so many more, I feel like it frees you up to be able to get more creative because you can keep the setup. You don't have to have it like a, uh, limited time frame where you know you got to worry about the sun, where the sun at, um, and, right. and all of those variables that kind of goes into shooting outdoors. Now, don't get me wrong; if you have an outdoor shot, that's like sometimes those are like the most stunning shots because you have yeah, the, absolutely the atmosphere and like the just the connectedness to the the, the real world that element too. Um, but I think I prefer shooting indoors now too. Yeah, I, I love it. I love shooting uh, inside. Just the control over everything is, is really nice. I still get a little frustrated sometimes, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. And also, sometimes budget constraints, too. It's like, I wish I had, like, 20 loom cubes to be able to do the, some some of the things that I want to do. Right. Exactly. But uh, exactly. just work with, work with what you got. Yeah, I used to use, when I first started using, uh, when I first started doing, like, lighting on inside, I used to use, like, flashlights I had lying around. They were a bit harsh, but. Oh, know, I, I do, too. Yeah, you put a piece of paper over them as like a little diffuser and you're good mm-hmm. to go. Oh, for or, sure, dude. I've done yeah. that so many times. I've sometimes used like table lamps. I've used a like flashlight. That I, I use all kinds of different stuff, man. And that just being able to get kind of creative and, and learning lighting, like lighting is everything in toy photography. Lighting is you could have just a, a boring shot, but if you light it right, it'll be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It brings it to life. Yeah. Brings com- completely brings it alive. It does. Yeah, it I, really does. Yeah, I definitely think yeah, lighting and posing are the are the are my two things that I try and focus the most time on with uh with setup, definitely. Nice. I know you love the Mezco stuff. Yeah, I know love you it. love the one twelve collective. Is that your favorite line of figures to shoot? And if not, what is? It definitely is. It definitely is now. Um I, I, I used to shoot uh, well I not didn't used to shoot them a lot, but I have I have quite a few hot toys and uh one six scale figures, but I just found them a little bit more difficult to shoot and uh there's a lot of dudes out there that do it so well uh with the six scale stuff mm-hmm. but um i ended up always just doing portraits and you need like a lot of room and huge dios or you know a lot of room outside or you gotta you know worry about i did i did a shot with a hot toy star lord uh one time and i used a uh one of those crackling balls in it i actually burnt his uh his shirt oh so, yeah a lot of people would love that but uh but yes, no, the Mezco 112 are definitely my favorite now. I think they're perfect size for um, for toy photography, and they have definitely enough articulation to be able to do pretty much you know anything you need them to. I totally agree. I think the Mezco 112 Collective, if not if it's not the best, like 12, like 112 scale, it, it is one of the best. You know, I agree with you 100. percent I just think that within like the next 10 years, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. Like because they're a relatively new company they've only been doing this line of figures for like the last four or five years i believe so it's relatively new but it's so 
it's so celebrated and so entrenched in the culture now it's almost like it's synonymous with toy photography when you think right. like you know yeah. toy photography you think mezco it's like yeah exactly i think that batman figure they uh they had like a, a black and white one i think that was the first the first 112 yeah i think i could be way wrong I, I think it is. I think, well, they had the, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, the yeah. regular black, black and gray, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I could, yeah. They had, they had one that was in a black and white box that was, uh, cause they have the black and gray. And then there was one, I think that was limited to like something like 400 pieces and it was, uh, just black and white. Being the 112 collective feature page, I should probably know that, but I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how available it, it even was. I saw it actually on the on Mesco's website. That's where I was looking at. Uh, that figure was one of my favorites, the Dark Knight uh, Returns figure. Yeah, it, it took me forever to track one of those down at a price that I was willing to pay, but I finally got one a uh, month or two ago. Nice. Yeah, the uh, the PX exclusive, the blue, the the brighter blue one not the navy blue yeah he's a little easier to track down than some yeah. of the other ones there's yeah. some that are like there's one that's limited to like a hundred pieces and that one goes for like five grand or something yeah. stupid that's probably that black that's probably that black and white one it probably is like it and then there's like one that was like i think a puerto rico comic-con exclusive Man, and that I one's really that. limited too yeah i'm definitely all set with the one i have that cost me enough <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And also with them coming out with that new Batman, the the what's it? No, it's not Sovereign. It's the new one. What's the one that's coming out? It's the it's like sure. the dark. It's the Dark Knight Returns style, but it's like they're the ending of the trilogy one that they're doing. I know one of the last ones was the the Sovereign Knight, right? That was the one that came out. Yeah, they have the Sovereign. That one's that one's out, but they have a pre order up for the. What is the word for it? Oh my gosh, I gotta look it up. Okay, yeah, give me I'm two. Not sure. I'm gonna look it up. That's gonna bug me. But yeah, dude, I think Mezco, if they would realize, and maybe they do realize this, but if they would realize, if they would go back and they would just update some of their classic figures, like go back and like re-release Superman, but like do it with like better articulation or re-release Captain America, like that stuff would still sell out. Like you don't have to do a massive pre-order. Like you could just do like a, you know, a two or 3000 piece run. And oh, there's yeah. a, there's enough people out there th that, that would, would buy it. In, that would sell yeah. out in a few minutes. I know, dude. And it, I don't understand him and why he thinks the way he does as much, as much as I respect his company. And I, I know that he's got a great business model. I just never understood why he won't do reissues. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe one know. day, maybe he'll do like a like a yeah like a anniversary special where he'll just go and like take one year and just do reissues. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of people that would want that Punisher. That uh. Oh, that I know, that's, dude. That's one of my favorites. I like Punisher, Shazam, like all of the original stuff that they did. Okay, so I found it. It's the Supreme Knight. Oh yeah, that's was that the one that came with a uh, black mask. Nope, that's no. the exclusive. That's the Sovereign, but it's like a different version of the Sovereign. This is the one that he's older. He's like chiseled and like oh, looks okay. beefy. He's uh, he, he's got like a uh, a lot of armor plating on his his costume. He I looks really. I've seen that one yet. Yeah, he looks really good. That one might be the best Batman yet. 
Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that one yet. I probably shouldn't. I need to start uh, not spending so much money. <laughs> well, you've got time to think about it. It comes out like right. next summer or so. Let's see. Yeah, it's, it's available, at, of course, at onestoptoyshop.com for pre-order. So if anybody wants to pre-order, you can at onestoptoyshop.com. Nice little plug there. Okay, so back to the episode, man. I got distracted. I'm sorry. Oh, that's cool. Get dis- as distracted as you want. Dude, especially when it comes to Mezco, they can easily distract you. Oh, yeah, they distract me every day. Where do you want to be in 10 years, like, as a toy photographer? Like, where do you see yourself going? Like, is this something that you want to keep as a hobby, or is this something that maybe if the door opened one day to do something uh, different, like, would you would you do it? Like, like, what is your kind of end goal with toy photography? Um, I definitely see doing toy photography, uh, continuing to do it. I, I love it. It's an awesome outlet. The people are, that I've met anyways are super positive. Um, it's a great way to be creative. I mean, I'll definitely, I do other types of photography now as well. So, I mean, I, you can do pretty much whatever you want. So I'd definitely still be doing it. I, I hope, I hope to be doing it in 10 years. Do it. Do it. I hope you are, man. I, I think so too. I think it'd be really cool to like get all of the people that have been doing it for a long time and everybody have their own book, like art book. Like Sergeant Bananas has his. Yeah, like I love that. I want to get like I want to get everybody's book eventually. You know, that'd be the, cool. Yeah, little people, tabletop books. Because Xclude does amazing stuff. Like they do their yeah. their like, uh, but it's it's hard to be able to get like a tabletop of like you know say like just all of your 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 biggest favorite accounts. Like I would love to have like one of all the the people that I really look up to, and and maybe one day that'll maybe one day we can work on that or, or do a Kickstarter and try to do something like that. Absolutely, that'd be awesome. There's a lot of books I'd buy. Me too, man. I'd I'd have like my whole house filled with just toy photography books and just right. like I've already got like a bunch of uh, I've got the C3P Bros. They sent me some pictures and I've got some uh, hung up on my wall. But I feel like it's just not enough, you know. I need more. I need more representation in my house of toy photography. Oh, I'll send you some stuff. Just let me know what you want. What, dude? Yeah, why not? Thank you, man. Yeah, I I. I will take you up on that for sure. And if you want anything from me, let me know. Absolutely. And I'll make, uh, I'll have, uh, I won't make him. I'll have a uh, Nick print it up because I don't have a printer. Gotcha. Gotcha. I need to work on that too. I need to, I need to focus on my printing skills. That's something I haven't really worked on yet. Yeah. I almost bought one uh, a few months ago and uh, I didn't, I didn't end up getting it. What made you not do it? I don't know. There's a lot that went into it. The fact that you got to, you know, run it every day to keep the ink going and do little test sheets and stuff. I was like, I'm going to ruin that thing. <laughs> there's a lot of maintenance to it. Yeah, there's a ton of maintenance to it. So, yeah, watching, uh, I watched a lot of videos on it and I was like, not right now. I'll wait. And I have dogs, too. So they're just, it'd be clogged with fur and everything else. Uh, yeah. Dude, I had to learn like the hard way with my my two dogs because I have a room set up for my dioramas that I do all my work and toy photography in. And initially, I had them, you know, come in, lay down with me, and like you know, lay on the floor while I'm working. And I realized within a day, I was like, okay, this is not going to work because I was seeing hair on everything. I was like, get the heck out of here! So I had to like vacuum and like clean the yep. room. Oh my gosh, yeah, I can totally sympathize. That's exactly how all my stuff is. 
Yeah, it's frustrating help. because like you yeah. love them and like you, they know they they can't help it. Like they they just they're just doing their thing, but the hairs is going everywhere. Yep. <laughs> yep. I have yeah one that's uh definitely sheds a lot more than the other one. There's her her fur's everywhere. I got one dog. My dog, uh, the the boy, his name is Striker, and his fur is like almost like needles. Like it, it's so like dense and and. Yeah painful like when it like i've literally stubbed my toe on some of his fur laying on the ground like i, I screamed in pain yeah it's insane it's nuts so i have some questions from the 112 collective feature page for you man um uh, got some some interesting thoughts from some people so i'm gonna throw these at you see what you think awesome stop motion kid underscore yt ask you what are your thoughts on the supreme knight batman and do you think it's an updated dark knight returns that's from mezco i didn't i actually didn't see that until till we were talking about it and then i looked it up and uh i do think that a little bit he's he's got a he's got um it's a little bulky um the suit's definitely upgraded um but i think he's cool um, in terms of if you can't, you know, find a Dark Knight Returns Mezco or, you know, don't want to spend the, the crazy money that people ask for him, um, he, that's definitely an option. I think mm. he look, looks really cool. He comes with a lot of awesome accessories, too. Yeah, he does. He, he looks amazing. I, I think I don't think he's an updated Dark Knight Returns. Um, right, right. But I do think that they're they're trying to revisit that look and it's yeah. their own version. Like, cause like when they first did the dark Knight returns, like that was almost like a, like a frame for frame, like remake from that cartoon, that comic run. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think if you can't get that, this is definitely a good option. I mean, he, he fits that style. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's like, I guess what he's asking is like, Mezco really hasn't done like a their own like I guess when the only thing I can think of is their movie stuff like they do it they try to make it as as you know accurate as possible within right. their own 112 version but like when they ever do their comic stuff like their comic stuff nowadays is all uh their own style like it's something they created yeah and exactly I want to say the Dark Knight Returns was more not their own style but it was more like trying to recreate the comic as much as possible yeah, I agree with that 100%. I would love to see that re-release, by the way. I, I want them to see, like, I want to see them do um, the Joker. They, I'd heard on a podcast with him, with Mez, that they actually have, like, uh, all of the prototypes for the Joker from that, that comic, The Dark Knight oh, Returns. That, that would be sweet. Yeah, that'd be that really be cool. I only, got, I only have the one Joker. Yeah, he's a crazy looking Joker. He's like all he's like huge. He's like bulky and he's yeah. got this crazy haircut. Yeah. That, that'd be an interesting figure. Absolutely. All right. So we got another question by underscore infinite posabilities. He asks, what are the top accessories that you wish your favorite toy lines would provide? Uh, I'm not too sure, uh, but I do wish that a lot of toy lines would um would include maybe some accessory kits where you could just kind of buy some, some guns or some hands or, you know, weapons. Um, where you, where you just had the option to like maybe purchase a kit of however many they sold. Um, and you know, it could be, I don't know, 40 bucks and just comes with a bunch of cool stuff. Um, yeah. I was thinking the, uh, 
they re-released the Iron Giant with a thousand toys uh, from a thousand toys, and um, I think the only things that are different are the head and the arm gun. And I wish that they gave people the option that already owned that figure, um, you know, an option to buy just the head and the gun. I think yeah. that would be really cool. Kind of like um, NECA does that with like their accessory packs. They do it a lot with uh, Pennywise. There's like a, a trillion you know, Pennywise accessory kits. And uh, I think that'd be cool with like Mezco or uh, I know Hot Toys has kind of started doing that with Iron Man. Um, I know they're crazy money, but that's, they'll sell like the, the accessory kits for, for Iron Man that come with a, a bunch of cool things. I think that'd definitely be a way to make money on some figures that maybe you've already sold or are sold out that you offer now some, some new, you know, upgrades for. I agree, man. I definitely think that's something that the market is missing. It's a big hole and we can always get third party stuff, but it's fun when you get stuff that's specifically designed for those characters and those figures. Absolutely. Like Mezco could do, I'm just thinking brainstorming here. Mezco could do a, like a Batman, uh, one size fits all for like the sovereign or the ascending and, and the, the upcoming uh, Supreme. And just right. ba basically just give like tons of extra accessories that were never included in any of the other releases and just do like just fun stuff, man. Like there's there's so many gadgets that you could do and you could it's not I, I imagine it's not expensive to make those tiny little pieces. I think the most expensive part is the figure and the, and the cloth goods exactly. and the tailoring. And so yeah. like producing those tiny little pieces. Um, it's just kind of like extra icing on the cake and they could probably make decent profits from from doing something like that, I would think. Right. But. Or, or even like a, um, like, like my, the DX Punisher that the, the deluxe edition, like I would mm -hmm. love if they made maybe like a wall where you could hang all those guns that came with it up mm -hmm. on, like just kind of like a dial piece that you could use. Um, I think that would be really sweet because it would aid in, you know, shots. It would also be a cool way to just, they don't give you very many options to like, display the figure so i think it would be cool if they did something like that that would be awesome that would be I, i've got some really good references for you for if you want like a dio made for stuff like that for people that do amazing stuff nice. um house of m uh he asks what are your top three favorite subjects i'm thinking he means figures to shoot man that changes you know almost weekly monthly but uh if I had to pick um, a top line would definitely be Mezco for me. I like the size and the scale of everything. And, and from those, I would say that uh, my, my favorites would be my Punisher. Um, any of the Spider-Mans I have, I, I love to shoot those. And um, that, that, uh, that Dark Knight Returns is, is, is way up there for me in terms of, uh, you know, subjects that I like shooting. Um, and, ways that i like shooting them I, I like i like darker photos um you can see that in a lot of my work and then um i definitely like to uh to try and do them in in a um it, it, kind of a darker vibe um, yeah yeah I, I like that um but yeah th those those figures for me are, are some of my favorites it's funny that i like darker stuff but like i included spider-man in there hey he can get dark sometimes yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, Spider-Man's up there for me, the Punisher. And um, for, from from non-Mesco uh, toys, I definitely like to shoot uh, Iron Giant quite a bit. And um, looking at my shelf right now, I'm trying to see 
if anything pops out at me that I really like to shoot. I'd say that's it. Probably my Mezcos and then not from them. The uh, 1000 Toys Iron Giant's always always up there for me. Yeah, I've got that figure on my wish list. He looks amazing. And I, I agree with you what you said earlier. Like the people that got that that first edition, you know, they do need to do like a little uh, accessory kit to be able to get that alternate arm and the head. Yep. And... Yeah, I had it on pre-order. I actually canceled it because I was like, I'm buying the same figure for just an arm and a head. Mm-hmm. Like somebody will park that out on eBay and I'll just I'll give them my money. Yeah. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's able to be like can you can you detach the arm like that's the only yeah. thing i'm thinking like can you yeah yeah you can uh i, I think you can um i got them right here i'm walking over and getting them i know the legs come off um yep yeah, yep the arm arm pulls out okay so you, it'd be an easy swap you could just yeah. part, pop that off yeah the head pops off and all that and i, I like I, I think i was telling you before the uh I like these figures because this Iron Giant, if you like overextend his arm or his legs, except at the wrist joint and the mm-hmm. knee joint, it actually just separates um, from the body. So there's like there's no way you can break them at, in those spots. And for me, those are the most um, those areas of a figure. That's where I've broken the, the most figures. Yeah, for sure. The last question comes from Tesla S. B I C I don't know how to, Tesla's Bic I don't even know. Okay, so he asks, "What theme do you think Mezco will do next with Gomez, and what theme would you like to see personally?" I'm not sure what they'll do with Gomez. I've been surprised by all of them after the uh, the, the street version. Um, I mean the um, the the secret agent version that came out. That was the one that I I got was able to get my hands on. I, I don't have any other ones. I, I wish I could have gotten them all. Um, but I've been I've been kind of surprised by all the ones that have popped up. Uh, I think they they do a great job with that with that figure. And um, anything would surprise me, and I'd be happy to have any any of them really. Yeah, me too. I I I think Mezco's like this is their uh, like attempt at making like a civilian type you know custom body so like a lot of people i see use this for civilians or they'll pop gomez head off and you know they'll put like another head cast on and use that as a civilian which is awesome Um, i just wish the price point wasn't so extravagant like i wish like for a civilian because gomez they're not paying they're not paying any royalties like they're not paying any type of licensing fees to be able to produce this which i understand like this is kind of like a cash grab where they're able to use this this property of gomez which is their character yeah um, i just wish the price point was like around 60 bucks like because then you could kind of army build a lot easier but yep. when you got like 80 90 90 bucks it's hard to army build with with that but sure the only thing i would say in 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 the um maybe the defense of that price is that he does come with a ton of accessories he does it, which is cool um but yeah, I agree with you. I think that they could definitely uh, maybe drop the price on that, or maybe offer a version that's just, you know, the figure that doesn't come with as many accessories. That way, you yeah. could you could just kind of buy a body, or offer a. Uh, I know there's a lot of, um, I think Figuarts does it where you can just you can buy one of their bodies for like you know thirty bucks, twenty bucks, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, which is cool if you wanted to dress that in a certain way or you know paint it up, however you know do i think they that would be cool if you could do that with like a gomez um where you could kind of maybe build your own where you could buy a body buy the clothing you wanted on it buy the accessories that it came with and kind of just build one that i think that'd be pretty sweet 
Yeah, I agree. That's a really good idea. That'd be cool if they did like an army builder version and maybe they could even do like uh, a Kickstarter or something. I know they're like probably that's not even on their radar, but if they wanted to do yeah. just, just to kind of see if the, you know, would be worth doing. But right. One of the things I'd love to see from Mezco is uh, I know they did what they do. They did Michael Myers. They did Jason Voorhees. I would love to see them do like a shining run of like jack and wendy and maybe the girls and danny i think that would be really cool and i was i know they they did a little tease with uh the shining not that long ago and they did one of those dolls those 10 inch uh, i forget what they're called i don't have any of them but the living dead dolls yeah they did one of those and i was so bummed i thought there was going to be a jack coming out and uh they'll do it they'll do it It, just give him time he'll get around to it yeah i would love to see that from them that's one of the the thing that mezco i'm sorry i don't mean to rip that no that's absolutely fine the thing that mezco that um what i heard uh, on his that one podcast that i referenced to a lot because i learned a lot on that podcast which if you want to check that out go to the hot toy cast with uh with mez it's it's a couple months ago or maybe it's even a year ago um he references uh to what his mindset is about releasing figures like he only he doesn't want to over uh, taxes, I guess not overtax. What did he say? He said he he doesn't want to like overwhelm his customer base like with tons of pre-orders because he knows that some people only collect Marvel, some people only collect DC, some people only collect the horror stuff, and so he tries to like limit it like to like you know a certain number of releases per year. Yeah, and I do and, like that. I like that they do that. Yeah, they're very good about that. And so that way you don't get like, oh, man, I, I want, you know, this, that and the other. Like, I mean, if you wanted to get every single one, it definitely could break the bank for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, it would be easily break the bank, but I think they do a good job. Hopefully they'll um, kind of expand the line. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do next year for uh, for Toy Fair. And I know it's it's only going to get bigger and better as as Mezco becomes this massive entity that it already is. But yeah, yeah. That's one thing I don't I I, uh, I don't like about Hot Toys is they'll drop like ten Spider Mans all at once, and it's like, well, I kind of want all of them. Yeah. But there's no way I'm getting all of them, so it's like, which one, which one do I pick? Or they'll yeah. drop they'll drop all the Spider Mans, and then they'll give you like, you know, a few different Iron Mans all at the same time, and it's like, damn. Yeah, it, it's it's rough being a Hot Toys collector. It, yeah. it definitely is. It, it's it's another echelon of of person. <laughs> yeah, I do I do like though um their their pre order program though it's pretty cool. Like if you do pre order mm-hmm. a few, they don't come out for a, or for a while after the pre order. And the way they set it up is you do like a, a you can do like a payment plan. But what I I do is um the payments are usually like three right towards the end by the fig by you know when the figures released. But I'll actually sign on and throw like five ten bucks at it like every couple weeks and by the time it comes out i've already paid it off and i haven't really missed the five or ten dollars i've been thrown at it that much so nice. that's pretty cool i do like that i didn't even know they could do that yeah i sign right on or i call and i'll just throw whatever i want at it which is which is nice to be able to do that because then huh. you know if you, if you got you know an extra five bucks and you just want to pay this figure off before it comes out then that's that's a cool way to be able to do it that's pretty savvy i've never thought of that that's cool I think like going back to the Mezco thing, like my my wish, one of my wishes that 
the property that they would dive into is Indiana Jones. And I know yes. he's, a, yes. he's a he's a massive Indiana Jones fan. And so I'm hoping with this new movie, they're going to get some sort of license deal. And if they I'm do. A, right. I'm a massive Indiana Jones fan myself. I, I, Indiana Jones was one of the one of the movies that got me into collecting and like nerd culture back in the day my grandfather and my uncle used to watch it all the time every weekend i'd sleep over there and we'd watch it oh, so such a good movie yeah and just having like all of that that depth of cast you could go into like for fun exclusives like because i know like indiana jones himself would be a like a main release and then they could do like a mezco exclusive and just have like you know just some of the main cast It'd be yep. so cool, man. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be so awesome. Another thing I'd like them to get into is vehicles. I think Mezco would do really well with adding some vehicles into their uh, line. They're still working on that Batmobile. It's still coming. Um, I know the last time I heard, I, I watched a YouTube video and a guy talked to him, and they're still working on it. Uh, I don't know when. The way that they do things with, with Mezco is they make sure everything is perfect before they start the pre-order process. Like they make sure that that prototype and all of the production is just 100% and he does not have like a specific time frame that he has to get it done by. Like he just wants it to be for if it takes him an extra 6 months or a year to get it right, right. he'll take he'll take that time. Yeah. And I appreciate that. That's 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 what you want out of a company. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he definitely I think he does get kind of stressed out about it, but at the same time like he's just he's so uh anal about his 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 stuff man he just wants it to be right he wants it to not break i think it really broke his heart whenever that Catwoman figure had a lot of issues when it released i think that was the only one that i've heard within the last year or two that had a lot of problems was with oh, I didn't, yeah i didn't hear about any of that yeah i didn't i didn't get that or, you didn't hear uh, about that no i didn't hear about it so what happened was whenever it released there was a lot of issues with the legs breaking whenever like people would get it and they would either open it and either the legs would already be broken or just by trying to bend them in a normal fashion, it would just snap like the legs wow. would break. Damn. And yeah, it was a lot of issues with that. And, uh, I think that was, that was a big, a big frustration for Mez, but now, was it the paint? No, it wasn't the paint applicator because it, it, it was the leg underneath the, the, that cloth uh, oh, jumpsuit is it's like yeah. a jumpsuit for Catwoman. I think what it was is that 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 peg or maybe it was the the way that the glue dried. Uh, I don't know. I'm speculating. I have no idea how how he does his how they do their figures. But I I want to say that either like the the joint itself is so small because that was like such a small uh, frame on that yeah. body. Yeah, real thin figure. Real thin figure, and so like. Figure arts are amazingly tiny joints, and they're right. so tight, and they're able to like articulate, not be able to break them. And I think Mezco is ha having to learn that kind of uh, process. But yeah, yeah, it was it was frustrating for a lot of people. I never picked up that Catwoman figure, but yeah. eventually I'll I'll get a deal on it, and you can get both of them, the, the exclusive and the and the regular release, fairly cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh... Who was it? Um, Acid Rain had a problem with the paint that they used on the joints. That's why I asked that. I didn't know. Mm. And the uh, you could get arms and legs that were snapping until they figured it out and fixed that. Um, I only have a few of their figures, but yeah, I was lucky enough to get it after they fixed that problem. Yeah, I, I 
I feel bad for the people that got them and paid full price and, and, and then busted and had to get replacements. That's, that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Frustrating. But yeah, that's not, you don't, you never want that to happen. No, no, you really don't. Let's take a quick break and we'll get right back to the toy photographers podcast with Justin Pierce. Stay right there. What's up everybody. Welcome back to the Justin Pierce episode of the Toy Photographers Podcast. We have some incredible questions to be able to ask you, Mr. Justin. Thank you so much, man, for being on the show. And I just want to say, anytime you want to come back on, just let me know, man. I've been loving this conversation. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. I'm so pumped you had me on. Dude, it's been great. I love this question, and this is something that I feel like you probably have an answer for, so I'm going to ask it. So do you have a bucket slash grail shot that you haven't done yet, and do you want to share it? That's actually a tough question. I've been thinking about that for a little while, um, and I can't put my finger on one. But if I had to say, like, a shot that – like, a grail shot for me would be, like, if I – posted something that was good enough to have like maybe like the actor who played the character repost it or something along those lines oh wow kind of kind of a weird thing to say but like i I don't i don't know i haven't thought about like what's what's a shot like i really like i'd really want to do that's like an end all be all shot but like i definitely think having somebody that played like let's say robert downey jr repost like an iron man shot you did or like, you know, even in a story or something cool like that, or even liked it. I think that would be pretty cool. That would be sick, dude. I've never had that happen. But just no, me neither. <laughs> knowing that Hot Kenobi and the fact that you got started with Hot Kenobi, he gets reposted by Robert Downey a lot. All the time, yeah. And it's it's possible. It's definitely within realm of possibility. That would be yeah. so cool. It'd definitely be cool. That's the only thing I could think of for that right now. But that might that might change. Maybe a maybe a pull a grail shot out of there someday that's awesome dude i i don't have one yet either but i'm always curious to see what would be the grail shot like what's the bucket shot that you're been dreaming of and it's probably for me a batman shot that i just haven't decided on yet but we'll see yeah are you a big batman fan i'm not a huge batman fan no what's your favorite marvel character and dc character Favorite Marvel character probably be Punisher. I love the Garth Ennis run of uh, Punisher Max. Nice. Um, I did like the Netflix uh, show as well. And then DC character, um, it would probably definitely be Batman for a favorite DC character. I'm just not. I haven't read a ton of the Batman comics. I do have quite a few. Um, I've read read quite a few, but just not enough. Have you read some of the Jeff Loeb stuff? Uh, I don't think so. Have you read The Long Halloween? Yes, I have that. Is okay, that him? Well, Jeff Loeb, um, I would look into uh, reading any of Scott Snyder's stuff. Have you read any of Scott Snyder? Yeah, I have that whole run. Of the New 52 stuff? Yeah, yep. Yeah. And then also the All-Star Batman run that he did on the Rebirth. I really enjoyed that too. And Tom King, another amazing Batman. Uh, the, it's from the Rebirth too. Just came out. I recommend Tom King, Scott Snyder, Jeff Loeb. So that's nice. That's my I'll Batman. Do, I'll check some of those out. I, oh I'm, man, I'm, I'm a little bigger into. Uh, I have I have a ton of superhero, anti-hero, DC, Marvel uh, graphic novels, but I always end up going back to like creator-owned stuff, like uh, some Vertigo stuff, uh, a lot of Image 
comics I like a lot. Really? Uh, yeah, that's the stuff I, I mainly uh, read, like um, Brian K. Vaughn. I love his, uh, like, Why the Last Man was awesome. Saga was awesome. Um, Jeff Lemire with, uh, I liked his Animal Man run, um, but I like Sweet Tooth. Uh, Roughneck was a really good one. Royal City's been really good. Like, I read a lot of those. That's so interesting because I've never branched out. And I think maybe I need to. Yeah, once I did, man, I never, I never really looked back. Like I'll go back to a book like, you know, Punisher Max or, some, or you know, something like that every now and again. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like the creator-owned stuff. That's so cool. Do you prefer to read comics like in the physical form, or do you read them on your phone? It's funny. Uh, I used to read them solely in the physical form, and I looked down so hardly at like the, the like <laughs> comicsology and stuff. Yeah. And then over the years, it just transitioned to where like picking up a physical copy um, of a book that I have and reading that is like a treat. Like I always just read on my phone now. That's so cool. I love the DC uh, app. I don't know if Marvel does it the same way or maybe I'm thinking of Marvel. There's one like the way that they transition, like it's the frame by frame and you can swipe. Yes. I love yeah. that, dude. For me, yeah. like I. OK, so I'm terrible at looking at like when I flip the page on a comic book, I'll look towards, do you do this when you look towards the right and see what's going to happen before you read yeah, the first you get huge spoilers? Yeah. Spoilers, <laughs> right man. There. It's like, I can't, I can't not do it. It's like, I, I right. love the frame by frame. And I think for me being that person, it works for me. Yeah, Absolutely. I do love that. That's what actually uh, kept me, kept me reading uh, on my phone was um, just that frame by frame. Uh, I have a, I think it's comicsology on a, on my phone. And um, yeah, I, I love going going to that and reading uh reading books i reread a lot of books for some reason like i haven't got like a new graphic novel or started a new series in a while i always end up going back to like stuff i've already read like i usually in the fall like i reread this book by uh jason aaron jason latour uh southern bastards it's like this football crime like murder mystery type huh. book it's, it's actually really awesome i read it yeah ever since it came out um i've read it every year consistently during the fall it's a, it's a graphic novel? Uh, yeah, it comes in a, uh, yeah, you can get it in a, like a deluxe collector's edition. I think it has like eight issues to each deluxe, or you can get it like individual issues. I think if you have Comixology, it's on Unlimited, so you could actually just read through maybe the first eight. I don't know how many they're up to now. I think it's like 18 or 19. They took huge breaks uh, during writing the book. So you, I remember one time, I forget which issues it was between, but it was almost a year break between issues. Wow. They were both doing other books. And uh, I guess, I don't know if it just wasn't priority, but it's a really awesome book. I like it a lot. That's cool. I got to check that out. By the way, I just remembered another Batman run that you need to check out. Have you read the Dark Knight's Metal stuff yet? Uh, no. Okay. So it's super out there. Like it's very fantasy ish. Um, but. If you're if you're willing to go down the wild dragon ride, it is oh series series going off. Um, it's amazing. Like Dark Knight's Metal is ten out of ten for me. It is so outlandish, so not like the regular Batman stuff you've seen. But Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal, and the premise of it for those who have not read Dark Knight's Metal is. There is a dark multiverse. So everybody knows there's a multiverse, right? There's like an Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth 3, blah, blah, blah. But there's a dark version of the multiverse. So 
the dark multiverse, there's all of these versions of Batman that, you, you know, they go evil, they go insane, they go crazy and kill everybody. And it's like, there. so what happens is each, uh, each world of the dark multiverse, there's a Batman who turns evil and ends up destroying the world and like just devastating it and becomes this like ultimate, you know, bad guy. And then there's this, uh, there's this creature like, I want to say it's like the Joker dragon or something that connects all these Batmans together and tries to like get the, the Batmans from the dark, dark multiverse to go to the light multiverse. And so they connect and it's super crazy. So he gets all these Batman together and they enter the, the, the core DC multi like regular universe and they all come to like take over. And it's like just all hands on deck. Like it's every, every hero trying to fight all of these crazy Batman. Like it's insane. It's so good. Yeah, I'm definitely sold on that. It is so good. Like I remember reading it and getting goosebumps. I never get goosebumps reading comics. I was just like, this is, this is nuts. And it connects a lot of the Scott Snyder stuff. Cause Scott Snyder, I think co-wrote it. Um, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Yeah. I wrote that down. I'm going to get a little notepad going here. No, so, the, so the Dark Knights Metal, they have like a lot of like uh, backstories. So you can go and read the backstory of each Batman uh, that became that version of the Dark Batman. So you can. Oh, that's re- cool. Yeah. So like there's side stories. So you, there's, there's a lot to it. Like they've done a lot with that. And like the main uh, the main evil Batman is called the, the Batman who laughs. And what it is, it's kind of like a Jokerized version of Batman. So he uh, he goes crazy and uh, he ends up killing, you know, Alfred and all of these guys and, and starts like he I think he gets uh, he gets exposed to the Joker venom or the Joker toxin and he becomes like this Jokerized Batman and it's just he's got like uh, Damian Wayne's and stuff like on these like leashes and it's just it's insane like it's so good. That sounds awesome actually. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Check out that. Check out Dark Knight's Metal. So, transitioning back to toy photography real quick. What do you think the action figure slash toy photography community, like, what do we need to focus on? Just you being a toy photographer, doing it for a couple years, and I know you've seen the community. I know you love the community. What do we need to focus on to get better as photographers, and how can we improve this already awesome community? I think just positivity, man. Like, I, if that's what you mean, like, like, yeah, you could just say mic drop after that. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that goes a long way. Like, cause I mean, even if like you look at things in a positive way, things seem more positive. If you look at things in a negative way, everything seems more negative. So it's yeah. like you put definitely put a little bit of positivity into stuff and just focus on like, you know, getting better if that's what you, you know, you want to do. Um, yeah. Focus on, on you and I don't know, maybe yeah, just getting better. I don't know. I don't know if I'm the person to I don't know, tell people what to focus on. I don't know. I feel a little weird about that one. That's all right, man. I, I think positivity goes a long way. And especially when we have a community sometimes on Instagram that can become toxic and it can get toxic quick. Right. Um, and a lot of people like to hide behind their keyboards and yeah. start, start things. And that's not what, the, the, I one pers- thing, go the one thing go ahead. I gotta, the one thing I got to say uh, about that definitely is uh, in this community, I haven't experienced any of that with any of the people I've really talked to. I haven't had a 
really a negative experience with anybody. For the most part, I think most most of the people are, are pretty positive, which um, I, I actually really enjoy about uh, the community. I know it exists, you know, negativity in people, but I don't know if it exists um, as much. And in, in maybe I just don't see it. Maybe just like I said before, if you focus on positive things, you don't really see the negative stuff. And uh, that's what I, I mean, I try and do. Um, but yeah, nothing really, really negative that has ever uh, has ever come my way. Now probably will. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I, I really have to agree with you. I, I have had maybe one or two negative things happen, and they've been so minor. It's not even really worth bringing up. Like, I absolutely love this community, too. And that's one of the things that kind of kept me in it and keep, kept me doing it was the positivity, was the support, was the people out there commenting and liking and just being genuine and liking your stuff. And it's something that it doesn't happen a lot, I feel like, in a lot of yeah. uh, communities. Like, everything, everybody's, like, trying to, like, beat each other and, you know, and get better, like, in, in other realms like sports but yep. here it's like, no, it's like we are actually a community. If you right. have questions, we will, of course, we'll help you out. We, we're genuine. Like we're not trying to like hoard all the knowledge. Like oh, absolutely. Every, yeah. Like I, I want people uh, to realize like exactly what you said. It is what you see it. Like if you see the glass is half full um, or half empty, that's what it's going to be. That's your reality. Yep. Absolutely. Everybody that I've ever asked for help with a shot or – how to maybe do something or what I could do differently um, has always helped me out. And I've tried to repay that by anybody that sends me, you know, a DM, uh, whether I follow them or not. And they ask me a question, I, I always respond back to them and try and help them in the you know best way that I can. Sometimes I just don't know, but you know, if I know and you know, I can help you via, you know, a message, you know, I try and do that with everybody that messages me. What's your views on healthy living, exercise, et cetera? Like, are you someone that focuses on that? Like, what's your, yep. what, what's your paradigm? Yep. I think that's super important. Um, I work out, try to work out every day. I don't usually miss a day. Um, every now and again, I'll take a break. What, like, kind of what I mean by, I don't go super hard every day. I just try and do something every day. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'll, um, like, lifting. I lift five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Wednesday and Sunday, I just do my run. I try and do like a run or a walk um, every day, seven days a week. So at least I'm doing something, especially on the weekends. I generally go for longer ones. Um, like I'll do, you know, 10, 13 miles on a Saturday morning um, and then maybe like six miles on a Sunday uh, just because I'm not doing very much that day. And I try and get it out of the way early because those are the days that I like to spend shooting. Um, and then, you know, you got family stuff that comes up and things that you have to do. So I like to get that out of the way first thing and, um, you know, then spend the rest of my day shooting and spending time with, you know, family and stuff like that. When did you get on a regiment like that? Has that been something you've been doing for a while? Uh, I started lifting, uh, with no cardio at all. I didn't do any cardio. <laughs> um, three, I think I'm on my third, it's either my third or my fourth year. And I started off doing three days a week. Uh, and then I went to four days a week and then I went to five days a week and everybody was like, what are you doing? You like, you shouldn't, probably work out that hard but that's when i started to actually see uh see results um so i just kept doing that and then uh i'd go from there i went to six days a week so i was like i don't feel bad at five days a week but i think something important uh to remember is like everybody's different so like i might be able to do that but you might not or you know i might not be able to do like i don't lift heavy weights when i lift like i lift lighter weights for a ton of reps 
Mm. Like I'll, I'll do two, three, four, 500 reps in a night. Like for, Whoa. for yeah, I usually do four sets of 25 of, uh, usually three to four, sometimes five workouts, depending on what body parts I'm, I'm doing that night. And then right after I'm done, I go for a run. I do that before I eat dinner every night, except on Wednesdays and Sundays, I just do the run or the walk. That's awesome. Give myself a little, uh, a little recovery. And then I plan my diet around it. Like if I'm doing heavy, heavier lifts, or I know I'm doing a part, a body part where I'm going to do tons of reps, I'll eat, I'll, I'll eat a little bit more that day, or I'll eat a little bit more protein that day. Um, I try and keep the carbs real low. I drink almost nothing but water. You know, if you go to a party or whatever, it's different, but, um, I don't drink any soda. I don't drink any juice. Don't drink any dairy. And that's pretty much my boring diet. Are you a coffee guy? You drink coffee? Uh, oh, I do. Yeah, I drink uh, one cup of coffee a day. I only have one, and it's black iced coffee every day. Just one cup in the morning. Wow, that is. Yeah, I'm also. Uh, I heard you talking. I think I forget who you were talking to about it. Maybe Tom. Um, I also intermittent fast, and I know you're big into that. Nice, dude. That is sick. I do that. Yeah, every day I do that. I'll uh, whatever my. I usually eat dinner around seven thirty, eight o'clock, because that's about when I'm getting back from my run, and I don't mind eating that late because I just got finished working. Um, so it doesn't, you know, it, it works for me. And, um, what was I saying? You were talking about intermittent fasting. Oh yeah. So with my last meals at like seven or eight, I don't eat till lunch the next day. So about noon. And then, uh, I usually don't snack too hard during the afternoon. I might have some nuts or, you know, some peanut butter or whatever. If I'm, if I'm lifting something, you know, doing a lot of reps that night, um, just for extra energy. But I actually feel like I have more energy with less calories in my body. I feel like intermittent fasting helps that out a lot. It does, man. And that's that cellular autophagy. It's a crazy word that happens whenever you starve yourself of food and your body stops digesting and all of a sudden it can, you know, work on other parts of your body that needs to be focused on. Otherwise, if you're always digesting food, then your yeah. body can't really repair. It can't yeah. focus on yeah. the things that it needs to focus on. And that's what I love about intermittent fasting. I actually yeah, got too. into it kind of by like accident. So I started working um, at a job and I was working super early in the morning and I'd go to, I'd go to work and I'd have to go to bed at like, you know, seven or eight o'clock. And then I go to work and I just can't eat that early, man, like two or three in the morning. So I would just have like I started out doing bulletproof coffee, which is like the the butter, yeah, and the, the, butter coke, coffee, right? yeah. the butter coffee. I was doing that, and I was realizing I was getting so hungry about six o'clock. And so I was reading online somewhere. I was like, "Don't do if you're doing intermittent fasting, don't do anything but just black coffee yeah. in the morning, and that'll actually prevent you from getting hungry until about ten a.m." And yep. so I would do that, and so I wouldn't eat. And then it just kind of happened, and all of a sudden I was like, "Dude, I have so much energy!" Like I see all these people like pigging out, but yeah. normally I just don't do I don't do anything. Just black coffee yeah. and water until 10 a.m. and then I'll yeah. eat until six. Like that's my eight-hour window. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I do eat a little later at night, um, just because I do. Uh, like I work out when I get home. I usually get home at six, and it's usually about a two-hour workout with the lifting and the running combined. So, um. So I don't mind actually eating that late just because I've just burnt all these calories off and my heart rate's up and everything like that. And I need them to, you know, for energy the next day. Gotcha. So like, yeah, I'll do that a little bit. Like I, I don't really um, limit to like if I want a burger, like I said, I don't really eat um, a lot of carbs. But like I know you uh, you were saying uh, you were telling me something about burgers earlier uh, when we were talking off uh, <laughs> off this. And, uh, I do yeah. the same thing. I'll get like a bacon cheeseburger. I just won't get it on a bun. 
yeah just to keep the carbs down and yeah i'll get it the way i want it you know jalapenos and lettuce onions barbecue sauce with a with some uh bacon on there and yeah it's a good meal so like for me i i do this thing now that i'll actually have like a carb up day and i'll do like like every two weeks i'll just carb up i'll just like carb up like just i'll do like quinoa or like uh some sourdough bread or I'll do just a lot of carbs and then I will like the next day like eat nothing like just literally fast the entire day and right. for me that kind of like resets my system and I feel like sometimes if you if you this is just for me and my body that I've noticed that if I go without carbs and a lot of uh you know starchy stuff my uh my bowel movements are like pretty rough so like I have to like get some carbs in like every couple weeks and then all of a sudden like levels me out and I'm good yeah. But otherwise, yeah. I'll be like just like crap in water, like you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I know this is getting Absolutely. a little, a little intense, but uh, uh, we all do it. Yeah, we all do it. Everybody poops. Exactly. Do you have any favorite foods, man? Now we're talking about poop. <laughs> favorite, favorite foods. Favorite yeah. foods. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I do, um, and I don't eat it often, um, but I like venison a lot. Ooh. I like venison a lot. I don't know if you've ever had it. Um, uh, oh yeah, I I actually used to hunt. Yeah, I I I haven't um, ever hunted. Nothing against it. I just don't have anywhere to put a freezer. Uh, other than that, I, I probably would um, because I I really like venison, um, and I've had some weird stuff too. I've had uh, like alligator jerky. Uh, mm. That was that was mm. pretty good. I had uh, had boar. I I think the wild game's definitely better, um, and you feel better after you eat it a little bit. I agree. I agree. I love deer meat. Like I think if I could just choose like two or three proteins and just stay with that the rest of my life, deer would be one of those. Like I that's yeah. how much I love deer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think bison too. Have you tried bison? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bison. Bison burgers are awesome. Oh. Yeah, I love that. I yeah, I, I, gonna... I got uh lucky. I never really go for the bison burgers because they're a little bit expensive. And yeah. I normally just get like the grass fed beef uh at Kroger. But they have they had some bison burgers that were like clearanced out like half price, and I bought like a ton of them, and yeah. I just like just pounded the the bison burgers for like a week. <laughs> so yeah, good. bison's awesome. I love I love how lean it is too. It is super lean, super tasty. I love bison. Yeah, we actually this uh, this month we did uh, just kind of my my wife and I we tried to uh, challenge ourselves a little bit, so we decided that we were going to give up meat for the month, and uh, I lasted twenty one days. And then, then I, I had to eat some, I, I, my workouts, man, like some of my lifts were dropping by like 20 to 30 pounds. Oh my like, God. Yeah. And I was eating carbs because I mean, I wasn't eating any real protein other than, you know, I'd throw some peanut butter in there and have, you know, beans and stuff like that and nuts, yeah. but uh, it wasn't enough. So yeah, I felt really good actually the first week felt uh, pretty good the second week. And then that third week, man, everything just like fell apart. I was like, I need to eat some protein. I don't know if that was just mental or if it was actually like my body needed it. Probably a little both, I would think. But yeah, I got sick of that real quick. <laughs> the thing, like, like I'm not like anti-vegetarian or anti because I respect it. And there are people that like genuinely have like allergies and stuff like that. Yeah. For my for my personal diet, like I love like animal products and I love you know being able to eat those things. Like for me, like I what I do if I don't have meat, my wife and I we do the bone broth. Uh, yeah. Well, we have like a chicken bone broth or we'll do like a beef bone broth 
And that helps like with the hunger, man. Like if you're just like, say like you're just wanting to lose weight and you're wanting to like get fit, like just take like two days out of the week and just do bone broth all day. Oh, yeah. oh my, you'll shed the weight. Like it'll right. just fly off you. Right. Yep. And it keeps you, it keeps you full because it's got that, those, uh, those amino acids and it's got that, that, that really healthy fat. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to get, we're going to turn into a health podcast if we're not careful. Exactly. (laughs) And at least we're healthy though. Hey, we try. The majority majority of us are, uh, eat, eat, eat pretty well and stay active. So that's good. We're not just sitting around playing with toys all day. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to kind of, I wanted to include these segments is because I want people to see like, okay, there's more to us than just taking figures and posing them and you know posting yep. shots there's more to us than that we're a little more three-dimensional yeah absolutely absolutely do you have any tips for people that are just starting out doing toy photography like since you're relatively new at this not at photography but at toy photography like looking back like what would you say you know if you just started out what would you say to yourself take your time you know give your 100 percent, but don't really think that you know your hundred percent today is going to be what your hundred percent is a week or a month or a year from now. You're gonna get better. Just take your time and focus on um, focus on doing the best you can with what you have. I mean, you don't need like crazy cameras and crazy lights and all that. I mean, it helps, definitely helps, but you don't need that to get started. You can do some really good stuff with even just a cell phone, and everybody's got one of those. Actually, uh, Alexander Richardson, man, that kid did amazing work with a cell phone uh i don't know if you you know him right i do uh he did he was using a cell phone for a long long time and i had upgraded my camera and i i I, uh i actually got a hold of him and i was like dude i'm gonna give you my old camera it was like 10 years old beat up it was like 10 megapixel 10 12 megapixel but it didn't matter it got him you know using a camera as well um but yeah his stuff was so good with a cell phone i was like i gotta i gotta i gotta get this kid a camera i gotta just give him this camera that's awesome, man. That is so cool. I love that story. Yeah, he's yeah. got some amazing stuff, dude. I love awesome. Uh, awesome. I, I love his stuff. I haven't post. I don't think I've reposted his Mezco stuff in a while, but that is cool. I didn't know that he was using a phone too. Yeah, he was using a, an iPhone. I think like five for the longest time, or six. I forget what it was, but yeah, he was using a cell phone to get a lot of his shots, and they were coming out just as good, if not better, than a lot of stuff with with cameras. And I was so impressed by that. I was like, dude, I'm not going to, I can't sell this camera because it's super old. Nobody's going to buy it. I was like, I'll just give it to him. And then he gets to <laughs> at least learn on something. Wow. 15 year old, like Canon something or other. I forget what, which one it was. When did you give it to him? Cause I'm trying to see like when, when was the time that he started shooting with that? Uh, it was over, I think the winter. I forget if it was this winter. I think it was this past winter, like a year ago. Okay. It was somewhere around there. Okay, I'm scrolling down. I'm trying to see like when the transition happened. Yeah, you pro- you probably won't because it was he was so good with the cell phone. Wow, he was really really good with the cell phone. It was crazy. Like I couldn't believe he was using a cell phone. Yeah, I can't either. Like that's and that, amazing. And that just goes to show you, like you don't need to go out and like spend a bunch of money on a camera. You can just you can focus on just doing really good stuff with whatever camera you have available to you. And uh, whatever lights you have available to you, I, was, I, I don't know if we were mentioning it on here or before we started recording, but like I used to use little flashlights that I had around, you know, my apartment or uh, like a lamp. You could just you know, put a white piece of paper over it to diffuse it or you can get like tissue paper, put like a red piece of tissue paper over it. Now you got a red gel in your photo as long as it doesn't get too hot. And you don't burn your place down. 
That is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with just the little things you have around your house, like that you already have. Like if you just look at it from a different perspective and say, okay, what could I use? And there's stuff all around your house that you're like, maybe you don't even consider it could be used for toy photography. I love to look at uh, one of my favorite guys who does really innovative stuff is Plastic Snaps. Um, He does a lot of the ACBA stuff. And his he always shows his setups and like how he does his stuff. Um, I'm amazed at the stuff that he does with like practical and that guy blows my mind. Like if anybody Absolutely. needs some inspiration, go look up plastic snaps. I'd like to start doing that more too. Uh, doing behind the scenes. I always forget. Like I tried to do them and I always end up either taking stuff down that was in the shot before I'm like, oh, I wanted to do a behind the scenes for that because I think it definitely really helps people. I know I've learned a ton from like Jax's behind the scenes and those rands Richie's behind the scenes stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. And, and like anything else too, with tips, like I've had people DM me and have specific questions about stuff I do in, uh, in my shots. Like if I forget to post a behind the scenes, which I do, I forget all the time. Um, and somebody does have a question about something that I'm doing. I have no problem answering questions. So feel free. That is awesome. I have learned so much from you just through this conversation. So I feel like, now that you've kind of gotten aware of it, I think you're going to start doing it. It's such an addicting thing doing behind the scenes too. And I, I think nose rain was the person that got me, Richie, he got me into it, uh, seeing his behind the scenes and just how detailed the shots and how the length that he goes for his shots too. It's, it's amazing. Yep. Yep. And then like even getting together with somebody that does it or has an interest in it. Like I said, like I've, I've shot with Nick, shake him 78 and you know he'll do something a little bit different than maybe i would do it and you learn from like how this person's doing it a totally different way and they're getting a completely different result and then you can kind of add that to your you know your bag of tricks and it it helps out sometimes it's trial and error if you don't know how to do something you know maybe try it and you, you might you might find that uh it it creates some other effect that you you know you like failure is the pathway to progress man it really oh, is yeah. Dude, thank you so much, Justin, for coming on the show. I'm going to open up the mic to you, man. I I really just want to let you kind of say whatever you want to say to the people that follow you or just, you know, whatever you want to say, man. I guess just, uh, I don't really know. I don't really know what to say. (laughs) I don't really know. It's kind of. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Just thank you for, you know, following me and liking my stuff. And, you know, I hope to continue to get better and, and, uh, you know, like I said, anybody has any questions about stuff, I'm more than happy to help out um, if I can, if I, you know, if if I can answer your question. And, uh, yeah, just stay positive, look at things positively and keep posting. That's the most important thing. Just keep shooting, keep posting your stuff, take your time with it. And, you know, good things happen eventually. Like I was saying to you, man, I'm still not a giant fan of, like, the stuff I do. I always look back and see flaws in my stuff. And I think that's good. I think if you see flaws in your stuff, that enables you to improve and learn. So, yeah, definitely uh, just keep doing it. That's the the biggest part. Have fun. There it is, folks. Mic drop right there by Mr. Justin Pierce. I love it. Dude, I cannot wait to see the stuff that's going to come from your account in the next, like, couple years. I know just knowing, like, the the level of detail and attention that you put into your stuff, I can't wait to see what you got coming next, man. So thank you so much once again for coming on the show and tell everybody where they can get in contact with you. I know you're on Instagram. Is there anything else that you want to plug real quick? No, I got nothing, man. I'm just on Instagram. <laughs> so you're at, what is it, at Justin.Pierce? Uh, 
No, it's uh, at Justin underscore underscore Pierce, P-I-E-R-C-E. Nice. And you can find me at Dagobah underscore days. You can find the Mezco 112 Collective feature page at 1.12.collective. And you can find the Toy Photographers Podcast at Toy Photo Cast. So remember, everybody, we are storytellers. Get out there, tell your story, shoot some toys, have some fun, maybe eat a cheeseburger. I don't know. Definitely eat a cheeseburger. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next episode. Bye.